Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. I'm not pod nervous. <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on in my life that people don't see on the gram, all right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? I've already started recording, so... That's fine. I don't are care. Are we starting the pod? I mean, this is a perfect way to start the pod <laughs> after our last ramble about how we're not who we are on the internet entirely. No, not completely. Uh, hi, welcome to the pod. Well, welcome to Natural Disasters. I'm Marissa. I'm Adam. And today we're talking about typicity yeah. in wine. Typacity? Typicity, typicity. I say typicity. Typicity, typicity. But also, we know when I overthink it, it's harder for me to say. When I'm just having a conversation, the word comes out for some reason. I think. I mean, we can't really trust me because we all know by this point I'm a writer and I say things wrong a lot. But I've always said typicity. Typicity. So I'm gonna go with typicity. Typicity. And I'll say typical, and I don't know if that's correct either. Um. So what is typicity? Um. I don't know. Actually, I have no clue. That no, is a uh, lie. <laughs> Uh, we didn't do it. No, we did some research and we're here to talk about typicity. No, typicity. That is when a, specifically in wine jargon, typicity is when the variety or the grape shows specific characteristics that are expected, that are, uh, sort of, uh, what you expect from that grape. Yeah. So when you're talking typicity, it's sort of like a standard. Correct. And typicity can go, you know, with everything from like standard fruit notes to, you know, standard acidity to tannic structure to the alcohol by volume. All these things that are basically like, you know, um, these qualities that are kind of in this box that uh, a wine, a specific wine has to check off. Yeah, it's the characters. It's the unique characters of said varietal. So let's take, you know, uh, Pinot Noir, for example, because we will be talking about it later. That's what we're drinking. Yeah, we'll be drinking more of it later. Um, So Pinot Noir is typically, you know, very red fruit forward. It's cranberry, um, strawberry, maybe a little red currant um, in terms of like fruit notes. Um, Has medium to high acidity. Yeah, these are all correct. It's on the lower of the tannin scale. Maybe not low tannin, but... Medium, with, I don't know. I don't know. It's what like the low, medium, low, medium. Tannin. We don't normally talk in this. No, it's really, it's really weird, weird to talk in this jargon. Um, and you know, the ABV is usually like anywhere between like twelve and fourteen. Yeah, so it's I would not, say. not a lot of sugar. It's not necessarily like a high sugar. Yeah, uh, wine. There's sweet fruit notes, I guess, but you don't think of it it's as not like a sweet. sweet wine. No, it doesn't have like residual sugar in it. And you know, there's other. Um, everyone kind of knows there's certain. Uh, varieties that do have typical things that you expect from them, like Sauvignon Blanc, for example. You know, something that people t- typically expect from Sauvignon Blanc is that it's going to smell grassy or cat pissy. Cat pissy, or what are they? What is the berry? Gooseberry. Gooseberry. I'm not exactly sure what a gooseberry is, yeah. but it, do- it doesn't sound delightful. No, I don't think doesn't. I want to eat gooseberries. Yeah, um, and then or something like Cabernet Franc, where it's like you know it has that pyrazine quality, so you know you're going to get a lot of green bell pepper on the nose. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. another. Typical note. So, you know, the thing, the reason we're bringing up typicity is because um, it's 
it's helpful and it's not. And it's also what they use basically for the point system. I, I was going to say, there's also, there's a lot of conversation right now on, I feel like there's a lot of conversation on what is typical in wines or what is capacity and is it actually a virtue or not? Or if it, or if it even exists, which is what we're going to kind of explore hopefully today. Um, because, you know, we got, we got opinions yeah. on this call. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so typicity is what's, you know, generally used to judge wines against one another. Um, and it's also used by the AOC and the yeah. DOCG. I'd say specifically in blind scenarios too. You yes. like, if, if you are, if you're somebody who enjoys putting a brown bag on something and then surprising your friends would go, guess what wine that is? It needs to have typicity. If it doesn't, it's near impossible to definitely. You want to be able to smell like those those classic Pinot right. Noir characteristics, or that cat piss and the gooseberry. Exactly, in order to be able to guess what wine it is. Um, but also, too, you know, it's it's what the what a lot of like wine regulatory systems, like the AOC, DCOG, and like those kind of things, or even I guess probably the AVA here in in America, um, what they use to define whether or not a wine can be a, a part of their region. As far as I know, with the AVA, there's not tasting happening yeah but in the aoc and definitely in the doc and docg system there is um i believe they have very it's very strict there's people who actually go and they taste the wines and they 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 will determine whether or not the wines are i know that they do taste them yeah because and and that's really like they're they're basically judging everybody who's trying to be a part of that aoc and saying beyond the how much ton uh, you know tonnage of fruit they can pick and yeah there's a lot of farming and all that rule those rules but they'll also be like sorry bob not typical. It doesn't taste like it's from the Loire. We can't, can't put, have it. Can't put your can't gotta declassify it. Yep. Uh which we will I, I have a I have a little yeah, we'll get back about to that. It. Anyways, so talking about typicity, what are the benefits of typicity? Let's start with that because we do like to give, you know, we like to be bright siders. Yeah, kinda. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there is um some upside to typicity. You know, as someone that wrote a book about wine um that was for beginners. Um, Wild Time, The Casual Guide to Confident Drinking. If you haven't bought it, please do. Available uh, on Amazon. Available on Amazon and at your local bookstores, hopefully. Um, you know, typicity was very important in terms of, like, giving people a, um, a a base knowledge. Like, I think the typicity is very important when you're beginning in wine in terms of, like, so that way you are learning to recognize certain um, attributes in a wine. Like, if you don't know what to look for, it, it's, it's very hard to to taste it or to smell well, it yeah, or whatever. Yeah. If, if you go to a table, if you're like a new to wine and you're going to a restaurant and you're saying, I like Pinot Noir and somebody brings you something that is not what you had before, but it still says Pinot Noir. That can be difficult for a learning palate to be like, wait a minute, I thought this is something that I liked, but now you're giving me something that is completely different from that, but still says Pinot Noir and I'm a little confused. I don't yeah. understand what's happening. Well, but then it also too, like having the base knowledge of what Pinot Noir tastes and smells like gives that consumer the opportunity to say like, Oh, this is different. And how is that different? And be able to mark in, you know, how they're different for better or worse. You know, it could be better in a good way or it can be different in a good way versus different in a bad way, but it at least gives you a base knowledge of like what the grapes are and what you should expect from them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't really def, uh, defend not, having that knowledge. No, I think it's, I think it's important. And like, I, the, 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 you know, we'll get to the downside of that. Um, you know, and also too, like, not only does it teach people about, um, 
you know, what to expect from the varieties. Also, within that, it kind of teaches people about, you know, um, climate and how climate can affect wine. You know, like a, um, a French a French Pinot Noir from a colder place can taste a bit different than a California Pinot Noir, which is warmer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's you have the opportunity, too, if you're buying the same wine from the same vineyard from the same place year after year after year, and you go... Oh, I had the 2013, and then I had the 2014, and the 2013 was, you know, I know that they do the same winemaking every time, and so you're, what you're tasting can be the weather. You can taste that it was hotter or colder or rainy or whatever. Yeah, and you're working, but you're still working off that base knowledge that of, parameter, what, yeah. of what the wine should be. Um, it also is good in the sense that, like, let's say you're stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere, and, you know, all you have is, like, Bob's liquor cabinet. Yeah, that totally. To go buy wine. God, at. this Bob guy. I know Bob. Fuck it. Oh, Bob. oh my God. Yeah, Bob. That's a whole different pod. Um, <laughs> Bob Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bob Pod. No, yeah, you're at Bob's liquor cabinet, and you're like, I want a gl- bottle of wine. I don't know what to do with this. Going to, uh, I don't know if Bob's uh, liquor cabinet has like Morgone, but yeah. it's just. <laughs> hypothetically think that they do and you go and you buy an AOC Morgone or whatever you know that immediately there is a certain amount there's a set, sta- set a of, standard. Yeah, there's a set of qualities and standards that that wine has to hit. So in a way, like I, I tell people, like if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and you're like at a grocery store or you're somewhere where you can't like um, go, you know, buy natural wine or wine, not even natural wine, but wines that you're used to purchasing, um, it is good to go buy like AOC or D- DOC. DOCG and, or, yeah, yeah. And, and, and kind now, of, we're not saying that those wines are natural. I want to, I want to, I want to really make that clear that no one's like, oh, they say- I'm absolutely no. not saying that AOC, DOC, or DOCG, or AOP, That or does any not include anything that... I mean, they do actually include... I mean, some natural winemakers can still yes. be a part of but those, by, but by no means are we saying that that is yeah. a stamp of approval for natural wine. It is not. It is not. We are just saying that if you're stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere... <laughs> if you're at the airport... If you're at a Safeway and you're like, uh, I don't know what to take, but goddamn, do I need a bottle of wine because my... In-laws are... My in-laws are a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, you're, you're often, not always, but you're oftentimes better buying an a, Something, AOC yes, that gone uh, through some sort of... Uh, uh, approval. Yes, approval. Just because you know, that way you know at least what you're getting into. Um, so those are the upsides. Those are all the upsides? I think those are all the upsides. Those are all the upsides we have. But there are some downsides. In fact, I, I think we might have more downsides. Yeah, no, there's, there's, we have a, we have a list and it's like seven pages long with downsides. The, <laughs> the, the benefits was like four. I actually lines. like just whipped out a scroll that <laughs> just like went 30 feet down the, uh, um, down yeah. the room. I, I don't. So as, as someone who is involved in the production of wine, um, I, I'm really thankful actually sometimes, I don't know. Maybe that, that I'm in California versus I can imagine, I guess I can relate and I have empathy for, let's say, you know, my grandparents or my great grandparents had this, this, this property. And let's just say in, 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 in I'm going to use Morgone again, because that's just where we used. And you're in Morgone and, and you, your family's been in the AOC and there's a sort of this, this pride of being in part of Morgone and being part of this history and all and this stuff. And just for you guys, just so you know, Morgone is one of the 10 crews of Beaujolais, which is in Burgundy. Yeah. So um, imagine you're, you're there and I inherit this vineyard and I inherit this winemaker, this, this winery, and I start making wine, but I'm using my sensibilities. I'm not using the, sense of the, the same uh, concepts or ideas or philosophies as my father or my grandfather or my mother or my grandmother, and I'm, I start making them for me and my wines, and 
I take this wine and, and we're proud of our Morgone heritage and I take it to the AOC and they, they come back and they say, Adam didn't make a Morgone and we no longer um, get to label it as such. I, I think that because there's... You're not, because you're not hitting the boxes of what a Morgone quote unquote Correct. Be. And I feel like it, it, what it does is it scares me or it prevents me from maybe having... Um, being more experimental. Yeah, I think that, I think that, that, I mean, that's my number one gripe. That was like the, as I, I wrote down our outline today. And like my number one thing is like, it really um, limits, um, there is no room for experimentation or variation within typicity in terms of if you want to be either, you know, taken seriously by the AOC um, in a lot of ways, or if you're trying to get your wines rated within the point system. Yeah, I mean, another great example, sorry, it's, it's like Burgundy, right? There's people who do co-ferments in Burgundy, and I think one person has an AOC that I know of, but it's, 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 it, there's a tradition of it, and then it be, not became like an old, and now it's not something people do. And I don't know. There's just, there's just you have, you, you're stuck. You're, you're, stuck you're boxed with, into this, yeah, I, these you, ideas. You have to hit these certain benchmarks. It's like, all right, the wine has to be this, 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 that. It has to smell like this. It has to taste like this. It has to be this type of acidity. It has to have this. It all has to fit those boxes. And um, with, especially within natural wine, when you are not adding anything or taking anything away in the vineyard or in the cellar, it's that a lot of those things are out of your control. So, for example, I'm going to tell a story of a winemaker that I met in the Loire last year. Um, I will keep his name out of it just because I, I don't know if he wants me repeating it. But um, he makes uh, Malone de Bourgogne. Yeah. Did I say it right? Yeah, I think so. Malone de, de Bourgogne. Whatever. I always, I, I, always from, I have a hard time because I, I yeah, yeah, you I, say Bourguignon. Yeah, I want to do it like Julia Child, which isn't even like the same thing. Whatever. Yeah. Well, no, Most, that is. That's if you're talking about beef Bourguignon. Yeah, but but they say Malone de Bourgogne. Bourgogne. Whatever. De it doesn't matter. It's a Muscadet. <laughs> Fucking Muscadet. Muscadet. So, so Muscadet from the Loire. Now, Muscadet from the Loire has to have a certain amount of acidity in order for it to to qualify for the AOC. Um, and you're just talking about actual measurable yes. scientific like numbers. It, yeah, like it gets taken to it gets a tested. lab. It gets tested. And if it does not reach a certain level, then then the AOC doesn't have to accept it. You're not talking it. about perceivable. You're no. not talking about whether or not you can perceive the acidities there. No, not. it's got to be. Well, and, but kind of, yes, because because they want it in the... So basically with Muscadet, for those of you not familiar with Muscadet, it's a really light, lith, um, sharp, acidity, white wine from the Loire. Yeah. Um, it's like an oyster wine. It's great. A, uh, a lot of people have referred to it in, in its typical capacity is it's a thin wine and that's yeah. why they do surly aging and stuff to like totally. add richness and weight and, and texture. But it's always been thought of kind of as this, which I... It's like this pretty little white wine. Yeah. So, but basically that th has a lot of acidity on it. So basically this natural winemaker that I visited in the Loire last year, he um, was telling me that when he first started making his wine, you know, he turned it into the AOC and he thought that this was the best goddamn Muscadet in yeah, the Loire. Yeah, he, he's like, I fucking knocked this I out of the fucking shit. park. Yeah, he was like, dude, this is exactly the best it could have been yeah. for this year. I forget the exact year this of it. This is Clay Thompson, 10 for 10 from the, from the Ark. Exactly. The AOC says, sorry, um, it actually does not have enough acidity on it. You're going to have to add tartaric acid in order to bring the acidity if you up want. if you want the AOC certification. Wow. So a natural winemaker who made almost a, it was like almost like a perfect muscadet, but it did not have the acidity to it. The AOC then was like, no, 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 no. Now you have to add shit to it if you want the AOC 
which is crazy to me because which goes into like kind of our next point. It ignores like the actual, like when you're striving for typicity that way in the region is because the region wants everything to taste the same. So it's like region recognizable because that's how Europe rolls. You're taking away from the actual characteristics from vintage to vintage. Because maybe that vintage, all of the Muscadets would have had less acidity, but in order for them to be a part of the AOC, they all had to add it. Right. It's, no, yeah. It's, 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 um, and especially with, with what's happening with global warming and everything changing and adjusting, maybe we need to start changing and adjusting our idea of what is typical in, in, in Pinot Noir or in Milan de Bourgogne or in, Pinot Noir, yeah. did I say Pinot Noir twice, or Chardonnay, like maybe our perception of what those things are. And instead of, instead of us trying to, it's, it's kind of MAGA-ish to me, actually, a little yeah. bit, where people are like pulling back and they're like, no, no, we, can't, we need to be this past. We need to be Everything this, has to be this exact same way yeah, that it's always been. Yeah, it needs to be been. the way it's always been in our eyes. And we can't, we can't grow or change past it yeah and and i think that there needs and, and that's one of the reasons I, I i'm sort of against this idea of i just want wine to be good and i want people who make it to be good and i like other yeah. than that if you make a Zinf, if you make a zinfandel that's not typical i'm doing air quotes with my fingers doesn't <laughs> doesn't have capacity typicity is but it's delicious. Yeah, but because that, that's the thing is like so this 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 obsession with typicity in in more more or less the conventional wine world, um, and it is more in the conventional wine world because the natural wine world has kind of been rebelling against it. You know, it excludes a lot of winemakers, not only the one that I was just talking about, but many other ones that otherwise would be, um, you know, that do everything by the book in terms of like AOC or DOCG, whatever. That, that is so it excludes great winemakers that otherwise could be getting exposure because a lot of people do only buy like you know AOC approved or whatever but it also narrows the minds of the consumer because then you know if they taste a pinot like if they have a pinot noir that doesn't taste exactly like they think a pinot noir should right. taste like then they're angry about it when it's like dude actually this pinot noir is a much more truer expression yeah, of bro the it's region. sick yeah, and it's awesome and it's good, but it's like people are like, oh, like, for example, so if a wine does not meet, you know, the criteria of the AOC or whatever, then they are they get a a label like Vin de France. Now, Vin de France is like before was like, oh, table wine. Yeah, boo. boo. Like that shit sucks. Yeah. But in all honesty, like most of the best natural wine, for example, is all Vin de France because they do not hit the type yeah, of Yeah, to a point where it's like almost become a, a joke almost. Well, now it's almost like you want, like yeah. Vin de France is like a, a better I than. I mean, the name of my, Calif- my, my, my wine company is Vin de California. Why yeah. do you think that is? Because right? it's, yeah. It's a reference to, to all the wines that were Vin de France. And it was sort of a, a reference to this idea that like, let's do things, let's break the mold. Let's not do things the way that they've always been done. Uh, I'm going to use another Loire um, winemaker as an example. This person, I feel confident saying his name, uh, Sebastian Raffaut. Yes. And the reason why I feel comfortable is because I've heard him tell the story many times of him making his Sancerres and him making them in a way and in a way that he believes is the right and, and correct way to make Sauvignon Blanc in Sancerre that is a, that is, capacity to its umph t t degree and he talks about heritage or sort of history or sort of how they made things and what he believes that grape is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be and he i I don't he gets aoc sometimes but i don't think he always does and i'm not sure if he does it but 
it's one of those things where he's he's like a, he's like a many generation Sonsarian. <laughs> I like that. I want to be a Sonsarian. It sounds like Caesarian though. A little bit. I was a Caesarian. So. Oh, so you're Caesarian from Sanser. Caesarian, Caesarian. Yeah. yeah, there we Caesarian, go. Caesarian, Caesarian. But and and I don't know. It, it, I think we should not be afraid of the Val de France. We should not be afraid. No, and of... I think that well, I think that the natural wine community is proving. No, that. but this like, is for the people who don't know that. Yes, yeah. I, don't be afraid. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest though. If I'm at a grocery store, they don't do Val de France at grocery stores. They yes, put they that, do. I've never well, seen it. They like hide it though. They like put it on the back. They just like don't put the a- like they. they no, they, I think they try and get into the AOC. I think if you're like a grocery store company, I think you you're try trying to, to get but on there the are, AOC. There's still some Vinne France ones, I think. Probably like they're do, but those are probably. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is that, you know, like the, the, in our, in the natural wine world, the AOC typicity, 90, like the, the hundred point system, none of that shit fucking matters to us. Like we don't really care because like at the end of the day, like good wine is good wine. I don't care about blind tasting wines. That's and also yeah. that's like another like uh, if somebody pours me something like, What do you think this is? And I'm like, Well in natural Oh, this smells typically like Pinot Noir and they're like, ha, 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 you fool. That's what care. it is. No, in the natural wine world, so much blind tasting is all about just like tricking people, which yeah. I'm not into because then they'll be like, it's the craziest Grenache, like Pinot Gris blend from Croatia. And I'm like, you knew I was never going <laughs> to fucking guess that shit, bitch. Like, why the fuck would you do this to me? Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that the upside is the upside of typicity. Great for basics. Great for base knowledge of wine. Awesome for that. And awesome for in terms of like what to expect from, you know, grocery store wines. And you know some conventional wines, and like I'm not shitting on those things because you know whatever. Everyone starts somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. The downside is that it really fucks with people that are pushing the boundaries and are making one pushing the boundaries either because of like you know they have modern thoughts on what they want their wine to be, or two are being extremely true to the region in that year in that vintage, and those things not adding up. So I think the typicity, personally, I just don't really give a fuck about typicity. Yeah, neither, neither do I mean, I. it's like, it's a great, it's a great starting point and I think it's a great foundation, but it is not something to judge wines based on. I mean, on. part of it makes it fun, right? It, what, you know, one of the things that is fun is when you are blind tasted on that, was it a Croatian it, I, I made that up, I know, but, but it was something But when like you get tasted yeah. on that and you're like, oh, I have a base of what I thought those things were, and now I'm tasting something that isn't that, that's fun. Yeah, or you can be like, okay, wait, this smells like Grenache, but there's a whole lot of other correct, shit in there. Correct, and that's fun. And it, or uh, It's like when it's you, not fun. I hate that shit. It's, it's people putting No, I'm not talking about butt. the blind tasting. Oh. I'm talking about... Ta- <laughs> I'm like, fuck blind tasting. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm talking about tasting something that, that breaks your idea or perception of what something was supposed to be. Absolutely. It's fun. It's like, uh, it's like music. It's like when you hear something that's sort of genre bending totally. or like a little bit like, you're like, whoa, is this a rock album or is this... Kind of like when Linkin Park did that thing with Jay-Z. Jay-Z. <laughs> teasing. No one like. I mean, no one liked that. I was listening to... I was actually rocking you- to Linkin Park a couple days ago. I hate Linkin Park. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I was like listening to it. And I was like kind of jamming to Wait, it. Wait, did it come on by... No, I put it on my I put it on my okay, Appletons. Okay. Uh, like I, right. I chose to you listen, went, okay. and I just kind of listened through like their top ten songs that are on their Apple whatever. Yeah, yeah, the essentials, the Apple essentials. And I got to like three or four of the songs, and I was like, "This is like maybe I had given Lincoln Park like oh boy, it's garbage." Oh, good, good, good. I was like, "Where is this going?" Wow, wow, yeah, no, that's garbage. It's, I will and say I this. love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh boy, well, I'll say this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'm sorry if there's any uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Lincoln Park, Park. stands out there, 
listening to this. I will say this. I'm talking about going back real quickly, something embarrassing about a uh, rap and rock crossover. I do still really like that Method Man Limp Biscuit song. I like Limp Biscuit. I don't like Limp Biscuit, but that beat on that song was no, so fucking go good. Go back, go back. No. Yes, I'm telling you. That first that first big Limp Biscuit. Back to Pinot Noir. No, seriously, that album slaps. That, that album's great. Oh boy. Adam, sometimes I'm like weird the same person. Sometimes I'm like, we're from fucking different It's planets. a good album. Listen Thanks, to it. All right. Like well, that break stuff song and shit. It's good. Anyway. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of Swiss Gruyere into the United States, but that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kotbalk Cave-Age cheeses, Appenzeller, Tete de Moine, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. Typicity, it has its outside, it's sound signs. Now what we're going to do is, since we didn't start this pod with trying some wine. I know, they were probably thinking, are they not drinking? All right, so now we're going to drink two different Pinot Noirs from two different places in the world. Both of them natural, but we're just going to explore the things that we were just talking about with you. Um, typicity and the downsides and upsides of those things and um, how they relate to these wines. So, Adam, do you want to tell us about the first wine? Yeah, first we have uh, 2017 Santa Barbara County Scar of the Sea Pinot Noir from Michael Mikey Gioni. Um, he's in Santa Maria, and he does some bot fruit and some fruit that he farms himself. Um, and he's, I know Mikey pretty well, and I know that he's really, he's, he's, he's a very much a vineyard first kind of winemaker. Not to say that there's not, that doesn't exist, but I know that that's like in his heart of hearts, he's vineyard before everything. Um, and then in, in the, in the winery, um, he does definitely add some SO2. Um, but small every, amounts, small though. amounts. I think at bottling and uh, maybe during the, the a little bit during the winemaking. But as far as everything else, they don't inoculate. He doesn't add enzymes. He doesn't. Um, it's all. It's all pretty. Uh, uh, I'd say he's a hundred percent above. Above board. board? Yeah. That's, all right. And um, and makes. Um, I, I know Mikey too. I feel comfortable uh, speaking for him. I hope that's okay, Mikey. I apologize. <laughs> I know, you're like you're like looking around uh, at Mikey. Like realizing here. I'm like I'm speaking for somebody who you know. It, it, first of all, a listen. is way more knowledgeable than I am about all of this, and uh, and B yeah is probably going to listen. Um, he again. I mean, I've had a lot of conversation with Mike, but he's he's Mike. He's trying to really. I don't know this much about this other wine, so I mean, like, oh, it's too bad. Uh, he's oh. trying to make wines that 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 are that are uh, uh, as terroir driven. That's a big conversation Mike and I like to have. But he believes in like terroir and California and making wines that represent Santa Barbara County. So anyway, so I think Tapacity or Tapicity is a really he's a really good example of somebody who's who's who's, who's making good wine that we'd like to drink that's also following Tapicity. Correct. Cool. Um, and I, and I, that was a long yeah, winded like, way wow, of getting into it's that. Fine. Hi, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. We love you. Um, Mikey's a friend of ours. Mine as well. Great guy. Um, 
So the wine that I brought is um, from the Other Right. That's the name of the winery. It's called the Other Right. They're from Adelaide Hills in southern Australia. Um, oftentimes we think about Australia. Um, in a similar way that we think of California. It's New World wines um, with a warmer climate. But actually, where Adelaide Hills is in the southern part of Australia, there actually are cooler climates. Um, so, yeah, that's that's chill. We've talked about climates before. Um, you know, the cooler the climate, um, the more acidity and the less the sugar. The bigger the sunglasses. Yeah, the bigger the sunglasses. Um, the This Pinot Noir... And the Pinot Noir I brought is from The Other Right, which is a winery in Adelaide Hills in southern Australia. Um, even though we think of Australia very similarly to how we think of California, it's new world, like warmer. Um, Adelaide Hills is actually a cooler climate. So, you know, with cooler climates, you have more acidity and um, less sugar. So that's something to note. Um, the wine is called All Fruits Ripe, which is a Jamaican phrase for everything is just great, apparently, according to uh, the winemakers who I have not met, unlike Adam um, what? You haven't spent seven hours in the car? Uh, no. With one of these? Oh, man. Sadly. I mean, I've spent seven hours in cars with winemakers before, but not with um, my, I'm going to call them my friends because I, like <laughs> I, like, I like the wine. Not with uh, my friends at the other right. Um, and this Pinot Noir is unfine and unfiltered and has uh, zero added sulfites, and it's a 2017. So... Let's just talk a bit about both of these. Yeah, should we drink them individually and then we can come back? Yeah, I think that we individually drink them. Let's start with the scar of, of the, the sea. sea. I think that on like just even from the way it looks, like it has a typical Pinot Noir look to it. Like light cranberry. Yeah, especially when you compare it to what we're what's next to us. Yeah, the 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 other rights uh Pinot Noir is vibrant almost but almost rose almost rose looking it looks like a saignet rose like a deep yeah. deep saignet rose um whereas you've got a little garnet you've got, like there's like a little bits of sort of like violet and a little bit darker in colors the scar of the in sea. the scar of the sea yeah definitely on the nose it's on, like, on the nose, it smells so California. Yeah, like it's like very, candied. It's like candied, uh, candied, like... Uh, cherry. Yeah, candied cherry with, um, like, kind of uh, um, macerated, like, strawberry, like, deep... Do you know those deep. those cherry gummies that look like little cherries? It's like yeah. the, with the green on top? Yeah. It smells like those taste, yeah. kind of. But to me, it smells classically California. Yeah, I agree. It smells very, very Paso Robles, very like, like Central. No, coast. not that hot. Not that, not that hot. But I mean, like, a bit, but Central Coast. I don't know. To me, it smells a little warm. It smells, it smells a little warm. No, definitely. There's, there's, there's. It's a, it's, a, it, it's, it's a California wine. It's a I, California wine. But right off the bat, like right off the bat, you know that it's California Pinot Noir. Like there would be no mistake. And I love that. that. Personally, I love that about that. I do too. I mean, like I said, there's. A, I mean, typicity isn't bad. Typicity can be good. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, there's good wines and there's bad wines. There's great wines that, well, the that thing have about typicity, not and there's about, shit wines that have typicity. Like, well, the thing also about being less concerned about typicity is it means you get to allow both uh, enjoy yeah. both spaces. When you are only stuck in a, I only drink wines that are supposed to be. X, Y, Z. Then you don't allow for these other sort of things. Yeah. For me, I just smell this and it smells like a very, it smells like a, a, like a dusty summer California afternoon. Yep. Let's taste it. Nose and palate, really, really similar. Like really. Super similar. Bright. Got some weight to it. Dusty. Yeah. You got some texture. Like it's, 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 uh, have you heard Raj Parr say crunchy? It's super crunchy. I haven't heard heard him say it, but I I personally use that a lot. Yeah, 
I mean, it, have I, you heard Marissa Ross say crunchy? I say it a lot. Yeah, it's got a crunchy quality to it. Yeah, it's like dry leaves. To me, it's very quintessentially Cal- California. Yeah, it's great. It's it's um, you you've referenced famously uh, bougainvillea. Yeah, bougainvillea. Yeah, f- as something uh, in a wine before. Yeah, and some I remember it was controversial because they don't have an actual smell to them. Yeah, or taste <laughs> or taste, but they're very like they're, they're very dusty. Like, yeah, this dusty. has that quality to me. It's like to me whenever I mention bougainvillea, it's like oh, they're like dusty. It's like watching the the, the the flowers. Yeah, it's such the- a California thing. Yeah, it's very this 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 brings me back to like terracotta. Uh, terracotta tiles, and, yeah, and bougainvillea, and sort it's of very, that thing. it's just very California yeah. to me. Like it's very California in a good way. I really, I, I enjoy it in the sense that like it is so unmistakably California. And I will say this though about it, I think that this does have like a little bit more tannin than like a lot of yeah. Pinot Noirs normally have from California. I mean, it, but I, I enjoy it. It has like a very dust again, like a dusty finish yeah. with a with a, a nice lightly tannic structure um, to it. This this really just kind of it also takes me back to my childhood um, because my you know growing up in the '90s in California like wine was such a big deal um, it was always on the dinner table it, it's very um, it's just it 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 does check all the boxes but in a great way like it, it checks everything that I want in a Pinot Noir you know it has the it has like the red fruit it has you know the the light to medium body um, it has the texture um, it's 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 soft it's like listening to a Limp Biscuit album. Oh my God! It's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's like that's when a you, horrible cabernet. It's I was like, gonna say it's when you. It's like listening to an album that you love that you go that you've been back to. Yeah, you're revisiting something. Yeah, and you're like, I remember. Like, oh yeah, this is why I love Joni Mitchell Blue. Look because, at how look at how cultured you are. Lone I know. Biscuit and Joni Mitchell in the same breath. And they're both incredible albums. Oh my God. Um, one will make you cry, Limp Biscuit. One will make you angry. Johnny Mitchell. Oh boy. Okay. Well. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. It's like it's like revisiting like an old album that you picked yeah. up as a kid, and you're like, oh man, this is the first time I've ever loved something like this, and then you revisit it, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, it, it's bringing back that. And especially after having so many shitty California Pinot yeah, Noirs. Seriously. Um, seriously. This is like a very nice, refreshing breath. Like it, uh, to me, like if you want a quintessential California Pinot Noir at like a great price that's well made, the Scar of the Sea is it. I support that. So I support mo- this message. I support this message, too. All right, too. now on to the atypical. Other, yeah, so let's move on to what... I never I never opened this wine, or I never had this particular wine by them before, but I knew that... But I believed that it was going to be atypical versus typical. So, um, as we said earlier, the color on it is almost like a dark rosé. Kool-Aid. It's Kool-Aid red. Um, it's really, really pretty. Um, but, like, tr- like you know, Tran- translucent. totally translucent. translucent no, yeah. where the Scar of the Sea had like, these violet or sort of these purple tones to it, this has zero of that. Yeah, no, this is, this is, um, like, like I said earlier, it's almost like a deep, deep saignet yeah. sort of situation. My mom used to dilute cranberry juice for us. Yeah. When I was a kid, and it's got like that diluted cranberry juice quality. I don't like using totally. the word diluted because it sounds it's, like it's just like vibrant red. Like, it's vibrant. Um, on, on the, the nose. The nose is out of this world. Like you wouldn't really know what it is. No, if, if no one. So we're going back to what we were talking about with like blind tasting. If I was poured the Scar of the Sea, I think that one of my guesses would be. I think Pinot my first Noir. guess would be Pinot Noir from California. This one, I would be fucking lost. Just off the nose, because it does have it's as a reduct as like a bit of reduction. It does have some bretomyces. I might say Gamay it, or yeah. I would definitely in a blind. I would it's got def- like a minty quality to it too. It's got like a menthol. I would almost go. I would say like. 
I would definitely guess France. Like hands, if this was a blind, I would say it was France for sure. Jura. Like yes, somewhere because it it, it has it has that bar nerdy likeness. Yeah. It has that reductive quality. It does have like a bit of mint that I feel like no a, fruit zero. No, like none. I mean like. But it could also be like it, it could be a little reductive, so it may like it might still. open up. But like right now, I think that the only thing I'm getting on it is like a bit of pomegranate. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah, there's yeah. Min- it's like minty pomegranate, but like there's it smells like a, a Middle Eastern con- uh, uh, restaurant. Pomegranate, mint, labna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. But but yummy. Like I that want shit I is want it. yummy. No, I know, but I'm saying that like because we keep saying like bready and in. <laughs> right, no, no, not, yeah, it doesn't smoke. It doesn't, it doesn't smell, smell bad. It doesn't it smell smells, poopy or anything. No, it smells good. It's just like very different. It's for being a 100% Pinot Noir. It smells completely different than the last one. No one would ever, ever, ever blind this as Pinot Noir. No, um, at least not in the state that it's in now. Like I said, it might open up, but let's taste it. It's. it's Hibiscus. And it's so hibiscus. I was gonna say it's like it's it's such hibiscus with with um with like sour cherry yeah, and yeah. watermelon. Yeah, yeah. These like it's it's very um I'm a sour candy fiend. Me too. And it's very reminiscent of those watermelon sour patch that yep. aren't the shape of sour patch kids. They're, but the, they're, sa- they're the shape of watermelon. They're shape the water of watermelons. This but is also like, with cherry. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the only I think the only thing that these two wines have in common in terms of like taste wise would red be this, fruit. would be red fruit but like not like but in such different ways yeah yeah and that and, and so what's interesting to me is that like yeah, this is like what this is this, it is it's like watermelon sour candy with hibiscus yeah it, i want popcorn is. with this and a coca-cola because that's what i have at the movie theater yeah. oh my it's God, like yes. sour patch kids popcorn and a coca-cola it's yeah Although now that's opening up a little bit, it does also have some of the dusty tannin quality that that yeah that, that the other that so the maybe other that's one had. maybe that's maybe that's the genetic makeup of Pinot Noir trying to like reach like reaching its head up. Please out. Yeah, notice like, I'm me. Here. It's mutated, weird, sort of like dragging its foot behind. Yeah, yeah. Like oh hello, it's me. Like in Big Mouth, like yeah, the exactly, up, exactly. Like the up, uh, yeah, sex, whatever he is, um, hormone monster, the hormone monster, yeah. Steve. It's Steve, yeah. No, isn't isn't that Coach Steve? I don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the <laughs> second, we, we all know who we're talking yeah. about. And if you don't know, watch Big Mouth. It's great. Yeah. Um, what's so interesting though is that there are people in this world. Like for me, I love both of these wines. But there are people in this world that were like that could look at a wine list and be like, oh, a Pinot Noir from Australia. That's probably gonna be like yeah, XYZ. ABC. Yeah. Like I'm gonna order that and get this and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't order. F- Fucking rosé. Yeah, exactly. And immediately be like, this isn't what I want without really giving I've seen it a it. try. They, they take the table and they flip it. Oh, wow. And then they punch the waiter in the face. I thought. And then they, they, they give the finger to the sommelier and they pee in the soup and they leave. Wow. Working at Twelve Mech must have been <laughs> a real fun time for you. It's classic. That's a classic move that people do. Uh, apparently. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but they're both great. Like, in the, And what I like about it is that while I'll, I'll be totally transparent I'll, is a is a writer that's generally looking for wines that are um that are inspiring me in new ways and are unlike things I've tasted before and are new expressions because that's what I just generally am inspired by the other rights version the other rights pinot noir is something that I probably would be more inclined to buy and drink on my own time but at the same time like the scar of the sea pinot noir is like 
exactly what I'd want if I was looking for a California Pinot Noir. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, 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 we go to Taylor's Steakhouse. The steakhouse here in LA. Yeah, like a very classic steakhouse. I'm not saying the Pinot Noir and steak, everyone's like, well, that's not a, whatever, shut up. I'm saying you sit down, you have a wedge salad, you have their shrimp cocktail, you have their ribeye. You open up a bottle of the scar of the CPU Noir. I'm fucking in heaven. In heaven, yeah. It's absolutely perfect. It's exactly what you want. Like, and I love that. But then I also love that there's this entirely different ex- expression of Pinot Noir that is different and exciting and fun. And I I think that that experimentation and that difference actually makes the the wines that are more typical and well made even even more appreciative. I love this thought. You know? I love like, this thought, you Marissa. Ap- you can appreciate, like for me, it's like to be able to have both is what makes me able to appreciate both. Like, like the people that are like, oh, I don't want like a, you know, I don't want Pinot Noir to taste like Pinot Noir. That's fucking stupid. Just like it's stupid for people to be like, I don't want anything that doesn't taste exactly like Pinot Noir is supposed to taste, you know, whatever. Because by being able to enjoy both of them makes me enjoy both of them even more and seeing that there's so many possibilities and so many different ways to enjoy it. Like the scar of the sea, like you were saying at Taylor's steakhouse, like this is such a great, um, meal wine. Like I want to like a a barbecue with your friends or like something where you're eating. Yeah. Whereas like this other ripe Pinot Noir is great for day drinking with like, maybe you found some leftover tortilla chips. Yeah. Or (laughs) Genghis Cohen where we're currently recording. Um, you know, without, without food, you know, they're, they're two different types of the same grape from different parts of the world. And that you, you don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. I would say it's very similar to Limp Biscuit and Joni Mitchell. Oh my God. How is this anything like, Cause go it on. Is, well, because I'm not saying Mikey, please don't listen to the, the oh my God. I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying Limp Biscuit is Scar of the Sea and this other right is Joni Mitchell. I don't think they're eating. But what I'm saying is when you enjoy you can enjoy both of them in the same exp- in this, the same experience without having to cancel each one out. I just because yes. I listened to uh, folk sing singer songwriter Joni Mitchell and I listened to uh, rap uh, rock uh, phenom uh, Fred Durst doesn't mean that I can't enjoy both. Doesn't mean that I can't uh, have them both on my iPod. It doesn't mean that I can't. They could even maybe be on the same playlist if placed correctly. It is it, 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 absolutely someone, 100% true. As someone that once DJed a South by Southwest party, DJ HTML 420, which I did not make up, but it was given to me, but it really made sense. Listen, I I went from a Devender Banhart song into Deja Vu by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, which if you don't know that song, it's the one that's like, Uptown, baby, Uptown, baby. And it's uh, you know, it's like the New York, New York song. Yeah. And that's like super folk into like '90s hip hop. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Limp Bizkit and Johnny Mitchell, it works. Well, I'm just saying that like the right shit works as long as it's in the playlist, right? And there's room for everything and everyone as long as it's done well. And I think that's the point of all of this is like typicity. Typicity doesn't fucking matter if the wine if a wine follows it, but it fucking sucks. Yeah. Just Absolutely. like, just like, it's, uh, if it's garbage product, it's garbage product. Yeah, and it, just like if it's a natural experiment and it's fucking garbage, it's fucking garbage. Yeah, absolutely. Just like typical wines can be fucking treasures. Yeah, and atypical wines can be fucking treasures. And to, and to box yourself into these categories or these ideas of what you, because you've been told or because 
you think or all of these things, you can really, it, you're missing out on a whole world of... Opportunities. Yeah. And no, possibilities. I, yeah. And, 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 and I think that that's, you know, I don't want to be like, I'm not saying you're like, I'm, I, maybe I feel like I am. I'm so sophisticated because I can understand the artistry of Fred Durst. But <laughs> what, what I'm really trying to say, I think, is like, it's all fun. And like, we're just kind of like. Well, and great wine is great wine. Yeah. And I think also, too, this is, uh, I mean, for us, this was like an important episode to do because we want to go into, I don't know if it'll be the next episode or not. So don't hold me to this, but we definitely want to talk about like perkerization and points and things like that. So for us, it was very like, cause you might yeah, be like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Adam is less uh, concerned about it than you might expect. <laughs> well, no, I mean, cause I think that some people might be listening and be like, duh, of course the natural wine community doesn't care about typicity, but we wanted to make sure that you guys understood what typicity is and how it affects wine. Um, moving I think forward. we've proven though that we, it's not that we don't care about it. We understand its we merits. We understand its merits and why it's important, but we also understand the confines of it and, and that it's, it's not the end-all, be-all. No. And, that, and, and that those things may be changing. And to say something, I think, I, I think that, uh, you know, for, for somebody to um, dismiss something because of its lack of typicity is, 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 I don't know, you're just missing out, I guess. You're missing out on a whole, a whole lot. And yeah, that's the thing. Is like it's missing out. It's just, it's just you're. Yeah, you're, you're missing out. You're, you're missing out. Um, and I think too, though. But on the same token, like also, you're missing out if you don't want. If you're like, I only like funky wines. Absolutely. If you walk into a restaurant or a wine store or something, and you're like, I just want to drink the most fucked up shit in the whole world, you're missing out on on a lot of classics, and you're missing out on a lot of things that that you know you might enjoy one day. You might be missing out on wines that are also super typical, but super amazing, like super great. Like there are incredible, you know, um, Barbera's out there that are very, very, very like Barbera, but you want to try those wines or like, you know, we, what, we had that Barolo. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Totally. You know, we had a, we had this Rinaldi Barolo that is like so fucking classic Barolo. Yeah. But that is so important to have is like, oh, as a wine consumer to have that too and to be able to appreciate those things. I think there's a, I don't know, this maybe we're, this is the end of the pod. Maybe we shouldn't bring out such a deep uh, uh, subject at the end of the pod. But I, I, I think that there's, maybe we need to figure out where to discuss about this later is that I, uh, this misconception of the natural wine community is about burning it down. And I am definitely a person that believes in burning it down. But... I, I think that there's an aspect of it where it's there's it's not really true. Obviously, I don't want. I don't think it's about burning it down. I think it's about saying. I think I think that when you're talking about burning it down, it's like more about like bring like I think it's like about bringing down. It's changing your perspective. It's changing the perspective and bringing down like the walls that are narrowing what you're drinking, whether that be a whether that be conventional typical super super natty natty crazy yeah either one you know it's like yeah. it's, i think that there's there's room for both and that in and, and i think is a is a wine consumer it's important to experience both and to be able to appreciate both because there's craftsmanship that goes into both correct and this is like something that we didn't really talk about earlier but you know like there are really really wonderful winemakers that do follow typicity very very closely but it takes so much skill to do that and it takes a lot of time and effort and skill to be able to do that just like it takes a lot of time and effort and skill to experiment in new ways and both of those like you can't really like throw out Bach just because you love you know Cardi B 
You know, like it, I like it, mine better, but okay, I'll go with Bach and Cardi B. But I, I you know, no, yeah, I'm absolutely, just, no, absolutely, one hundred percent. You can't, yeah. D- sorry, I interrupted you. I apologize, but it's okay. We're switched. still working on it. Um, no, abs- absolutely, absolutely. We can, 100%. you can have both of them, and it's best to be able to appreciate both of them. And I know that we've used this before, but like when Kendrick got the, um, Kendrick Lamar got the, the Pulitzer. Yeah, or was it Pulitzer? The, or the, 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 that big music award. Yeah, I thought it was a Pulitzer, but maybe yeah. it's not a Pulitzer. Maybe it Anyways, was... he's the only one that didn't do classical music to ever win it. Yeah. But that's because... Or is it the Nobel Prize? He won the thing. It's fine. <laughs> We've had some Pinot Noir. He won the thing. Yeah, was... I think Don... I think... Uh, I was going to say Whatever. Don Dillon, but I mean Limp Bob Biscuit, Dillon. <laughs> Lincoln Park, uh, Joni Mitchell, Kendrick Lamar... Um, and, and, you know, Cardi B, they all have a place as long as they're well fucking done. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. Drink good wine, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh. Bye. Yeah, I love Fred Durst. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.